Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. You know, the start of the great uh, Dick Sporting Goods Marathon where all the people are ready to take off, I have a feeling that all the gardeners are out there, even though it's windy today, the weather is warm, they're all lined up on some city block just with, you know, everything that they need to go to start planting all of their great stuff. They're just excited. And Doug and Jess are here to talk about all of your gardening needs. So if you have anything on your mind in the way of gardening, obviously organic, they'd like it to be, give us a call, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. You can text us on the right automotive line, the best deal in town. And the 10th caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles out there in Wexford. And that's 412-922-1020. Got to be very tough keeping gardeners in check when the weather gets warm, especially when it's only February 24th. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. I'm Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Everybody's ready to garden. Everybody's ready to go, definitely. Four days until March. Yeah. And March is like, you know, almost time to start planting stuff. Four days until the Home and Garden Show starts. Which is almost time to start planting stuff. So I'm going to be at the Home and Garden Show, and I, I want to see you. 26 appearances only You might as year. well just sleep there. <laughs> I'm going to be doing an appearance called Saving the Garden, Saving the Planet, <laughs> One Garden at a Time. And I'm going to be giving away this awesome tomato that I love, these tomato seeds for Heart of Italy Tomato. Would you like to come to the Home and Garden Show for free? All you need to do is check out the details at everybodygardens.com. I'll get you on the list. The uh, caveat is... You have to come see me speak. You just don't get in for free. If you don't come see me oh, speak, so they you're kick bribing you out. people to oh, come. Oh, heck and yeah, hear yeah! You I'm speak. giving them something okay. free. I'm doing. A guy's got to do what a guy's right. got to do. <laughs> There's another thing that I'm going to be at uh, Saturday called the Recipe for Hope, and they still have some tickets available. It's a fundraiser for uh, Bonnie Diver's Hairpiece Charity. She helps women with cancer. As I said, there's still tickets available. There are local celebrities there. They cook food for you. They serve you this amazing food. I'm going to be making some garlic, tomato, and basil soup, and I'm going to be using Jessica's immersion blender that she brought in to let me borrow. I remembered to bring it in. Thank you. Bonus point for me. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I chased uh, a little buck and two does out of the garden yesterday. In the vegetable vegetable garden? No, no, they were up in the eating my rhododendrons and my witch hazel and my hemlocks and anything else. And they looked terrible. They looked, mm. they looked really skinny and wasted and uh, wasting away. This is the worst time, I think, for the deer. Before anything leaves out in the forest, the garden starts to leaf out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're hungry this time of yeah, year. Yeah, and it's my reminder to get out there and spray my bobex everywhere, you yeah. know, which is what I did, just to try and keep them off everything. Yeah, we but, have, uh, they, I cover my precious Hinoki cypress, which are like, it's my, one of my favorite evergreens. They're dwarf. I have two dwarf Hinoki cypress, and I keep them covered with deer netting year round because they are one of the favorites of the deer. And that 
netting it's actually bird netting like what you'd cover the strawberry patch with and it's so fine that you don't even see that it's there on the plant so i just leave them covered all the time well somehow in this crazy wind we've been having on the little Mm. hinoki cypress the back side of the netting blew off and don't you know they walked all in between my garden plants to get to that they saw the green and they got to it and they ate the whole back side of the plant off so you know, thankfully, we don't see that side of the plant, but I had to go back and recover everything. And I should probably go out and spray yeah. some deer away or something as well, because it really does make a difference. But you do have to be religious about making sure that you put vigilant. that repellent on. Very vigilant. Vigilante. Right? You feel like you are with those deer. Yeah. So, and, and you know... They get, if you've tried to overwinter, I, when you said they were in the garden, I thought you meant in the vegetable garden. And I know that you overwinter a lot of green crops in there, but you have most of them covered, yeah, right? Yeah, everything's covered. Because I know gardeners who cover things with floating row cover in the winter, like the heavy grade floating row cover, and they can keep kale and, you know, shard going for a pretty long time. And the deer have actually trampled through. Ugh. The um, the row cover to get to the greens underneath. You know, they tear holes in it and everything so they can get to the greens underneath. So I was just happy to see some of my witch hazel buds bloom, but it would have been spectacular if the deer didn't get to it. I also want to talk to you and see what you think of this new potato that started actually from seed. It's a pelletized seed called Clancy. I'm excited. Last year, I grew a canna, South Pacific orange canna from seed. And it turned out great. Now, that's the first one that was available from seed. Same is true for the potato. I'm just, I just—I don't know why I'm so excited about it, but I am. It's just something different and fun. What's the growing season? Like what Long. kind of length? I mean, Long. Like 95, I just wonder 95 that- days. You got to start it like you started maybe before even a tomato. Yeah. But the thing is, when I interviewed uh, the woman from uh, All America Selection, she said that they didn't expect it to be a hit, but all the judges, what they do with uh, All America Selections, they send the seeds out all around the, the country and people grow it out. They don't know what it is. I mean, they know it's a potato, but they don't know wh- who who uh, bred it, or wh- what it's going to be. And they trial it against something else that's similar. And this potato just went, you know, the judges went crazy for it. Hmm. They just couldn't believe these beautiful red potatoes from, you know, starting from seed instead of a... You know. Right, instead of a seed potato, which right. is actually not a seed at all. It's a little chunk of potato. I'll give so, you some plants. I would love think? to have some plants. I would love to try that because in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking how long of a season a potato takes just growing from a seed potato, a chunk of potato, let alone growing from an actual little tiny seed. And also, I've never seen a potato seed, the actual seed. Right. Like, how big are they? What do they look well, like? Well, like I said, I, mean, I, I don't... look like a tomato seed? I don't either. I've got them, but they're pelletized. Yeah. So that tells you that they're, they're really, really tiny. tiny. Yeah. You know, if you think of a flower and a potato... Right, you right. Know, it's about... Now, can you, and can you save seeds from those potatoes then to plant the next year? Is it a hybrid? I'm assuming it's a hybrid. Okay. I'd have to look closely, but I'm assuming that a new introduction like Would that's going to be a hybrid. Yeah. And there was huh. one more introduction they had that I thought of you, and I wondered if you'd be interested in it. It's a new marigold. Uh, it's a cutting marigold, like three foot tall, called Garuda. Yeah, those I like. I know. Yeah. I, I, so I was thinking maybe you can get a, a couple of those plants when I, I love plant that. that one. I love the tall marigolds. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the little short French marigolds, but the tall ones are so beautiful with the big, big flowers, like the African style marigolds. They're so pretty. I love all marigolds. I love those little ones. Do you? Uh, there was one that re- introduced last year called Super. Superhero Spry, man, 
you know, again, I don't have the sun for marigolds, mm-hmm. but this thing just pumped it out all summer long. It was great. A lot mm. of fun. I definitely have the sun. That's not a problem for me. Well, well <laughs> let's see. So far on your list, Homer Fike's yellow ox heart. Oh, yes. A tomato. Clancy, yep. Clancy potato. Yep, probably yep. more tomatoes, which you won't take. You're going to give me some tithonia again this year? Tithonia for okay, sure. good, good. I uh, love those. Tall cutting marigold. Did okay. you get any yellow tithonia last year or only the orange? Only ones? the orange. I only had the orange. All right, we'll but have man, to see. they were beautiful. We'll have to see what I know I'll definitely have the orange ones. I'll see if I get the yellow ones all going. Right. I do love the yellow torch also. Okay. Oh, one I real like quick them all. one real quick thing, and I was reading about smaller tithonias not being as attractive to pollinators. Hmm. And I don't know the truth of it. It's just one of those, you know. A couple blog posts, people, you know, that like that like pollinators are growing tithonia, Mexican sunflower. It's one of the f- favorite flowers that Jess and I grow for, for pollinators, but said the smaller hybrid varieties don't seem as attractive hmm. to the pollinators. Now, I don't have any scientific knowledge about that. I'm just sending on word of mouth because I was kind of interested in, there was a, there's a, one released in 2000 called Fiesta del Sol. Mm-hmm, that's shorter. Yeah. So I'm sticking with Torch. Yeah. All right, congratulations to Joel from Pittsburgh, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. Your phone calls are next. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, Doug and Jess already busy on the phone line, so let's get to work. Uh, Up first in Crafton, here's Rich on KDKA Radio. Hi, Rich. Hey, good morning, Rob. Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, First, I'd like to say we miss you at the Settlers Ridge Giant Eagle. Uh, Thank you. but I was at uh, the dealership waiting five hours for my car to get inspected, and Jeff Corwin was on, and he was in Tahiti, and he went to a nursery where they grew the Tahitian vanilla bean, which they say it's the best vanilla in the world. But I didn't know they were grown from orchids. And what was really interesting, they would take cuttings from the adult plant, just put it on the top of the ground, and put crushed coconut shells on top, and that's all they used to grow these beautiful orchids that were like four or five foot tall and had vanilla beans all over the place. Uh, did you know they were from orchids? Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty cool, actually. If you've ever, um, like at Market District or grocery stores, they have the whole vanilla beans where you can actually, it's like a big, long, elongated bean pod, and it, com- it does come from an orchid. And you can actually scrape out the inside of the yeah, bean pod. Yeah, like you rolled the putty like kids made snakes, and they, mm-hmm. they get beans out of the the uh, when you cut it open but they said that's the best vanilla from around the world and i just never knew they grew from orchids which was fascinating yeah, yeah if you go to phipps and you go into the orchid room on your way out when you go around there on your left there's a vanilla orchid there and that's how i found out that uh vanilla came from orchids. and a lot of times they have the beans on them mm-hmm. in there so it's really cool you can actually see one you got to leave those ones on though you do <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty cool though it's a it's amazing all the things that plants provide it's for just, us they and just do put for the us. crushed coconut shell on top of it just set the plant on top of the ground they didn't put it in the ground oh, or cool. anything and i just thought that was fascinating and then they had this like uh uh like i call a bean pole that they would grow up onto and uh they were like Three, four, five foot tall. I didn't know they grew that big, and uh, it was just. Plus, they had the humpback whales and everything in Tahiti. It was just a fascinating show. I think it. 
I think I don't want to see the show. I think I want to go to Tahiti. I think that's the lesson here. Let's take a trip to Tahiti. You can tell you us. If, you can tell us if the vanilla is actually the best in the world. Okay, I will go. I will take one for the team, and I will go to Tahiti, <laughs> and I will taste Tahitian vanilla and see if it's better. But then I also have to go to Madagascar to taste Madagascar vanilla <laughs> to make sure. I mean, I'll have to have a, a something to. To measure it against. I plan on going to Shaler Township <laughs> next weekend. <laughs> Let's uh, say hi to Norm. Oh, he's calling from Shaler. Hey, Norm, how you doing? Uh, good morning, folks. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I teach religious education in the Etna area, and uh, one of the things that we're hoping, we plant some seeds and hoping that the kids could see how God makes the seeds grow and grow into plants. Well, each year I always try to plant a seed that maybe that would possibly flower by uh, May 1st for May crowning. And uh, last year I planted something and it would come up and it would grow and wither and then die beforehand. So I had to sneak in and buy some plants and put them in the pots so that the kids <laughs> could see something. Yeah, I know, a little, little deceivious there. But um, if you could give me a suggestion on what type of seed I could plant uh, and what and how soon so that they could observe this and uh, maybe have something that's grown by the 1st of May. How about a vegetable? Would you, would you be up for a vegetable or not? Myself, I would be wonderful for a vegetable. I love vegetables. You know, beans are kind of a traditional seed that uh, kids start because it's a big seed. It sprouts easy. You could put it in a little peat pot, and then you could put it in the ground, and then you get some beans out of it, and it flowers. What were you thinking, Jess? And I was actually thinking about, I I was trying to think of something that you could start early enough that would enable you to have those blooms that early in the season. And so immediately my mind went to pansies. Because pansies are pretty easy to grow from seed. They don't mind cool weather. They do, you know, pretty well in in indoor conditions. So pansies. And then the other one I thought of, which you might be surprised by, is a petunia. And this is because petunias, they take a long time to grow from seed. But you can actually plant them right after the new year by seed. And the seeds are so tiny. They're like the size of like a a speck of dust, right? So and what's amazing for kids to see is something that the size of the speck of a dust can be flowering a few months later, Um, you know, something so tiny. So that would be another one. But you would have had to already have started those uh, in order for that. And you said, what was the date? May 1st. May 1st. Yes. Yes, I know. Unfortunately, I waited to the last minute and... uh, Okay, so um, yeah, I think pansies. I would try at this point, this late in the. I would try pansies or beans. You know, you're gonna have to pot them up. You're gonna have to give them lots of light, maybe some supplemental light, like a grow light or something like that. Marigolds might also work. I would try maybe like the gem marigolds, uh, which are smaller flowered. They might bloom early enough for you as well. Norm, I wanted to give you an idea for your class, too. There's a cool garden uh, in Oakland at Rodef Shalom, the biblical garden. Uh, do you know about that? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, they have a biblical garden. It's open from, you know, frost to frost, right across from QED on the Fifth Avenue. That would be a cool thing to take a look at because a lot of those plants, well, all those plants have a biblical reference, and, and she's planting all sorts of annuals and different vegetables that somehow relate to the Bible. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate all your help. Good luck. Thank you. 
Tell them about the uh, Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show. By the way, John DeSantis joins me tomorrow night right after local news at 6. He's the guy behind it. He and his son Mark do a great job. His whole family will be telling you about everything. Ten acres all under one roof that begins this Friday. Well, yeah, I am starting my 21st year at the Home and Garden Show, believe it or not. And 21 I'm, years? Yep, and I'm going to be appearing 26 times. 21 years means you can drink now after after <laughs> you're done at the home show, right? Ooh, finally! <laughs> Hooray! Before, I was drinking before. Oh, oh no, it's after. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, I'm saving the planet one garden at a time. That's my presenta- one of my presentations. And giving away Heart of Italy tomato seeds. If you'd like to come to the show for free, you got to come see me speak. But all the details are at everybodygardens.com. I do love the Home and Garden Show. It's a long, it's a long run, but it, you know, I get to see the it's same time next year. You know, I get to see all the, the people again. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's a, it's our it's our starting point for uh, for getting the garden going. And as soon as that show's over, I'll be I'll be already planting outside. After you have that drink, yes, yeah. or two or nine. And by the way, <laughs> uh, it's a great venue too. I mean, oh man, having it now at the new convention ooh. center, it's just it's just uh, so bright and wonderful and filled up with everything. You know, the best thing I think about the the show is when you're got a project that you you know need to do, right. you can see who's going to be working in your house. You mm-hmm. can. And of course, me. I I just play them against each other to get the lowest price. Also, uh, so it's it's a it's a popular thing and a good thing to go to. I'm I'm downstairs on the Green Thumb stage, only 26 times this year, so it'll be a lot of fun. 26 times only, sounds only like, in quotes. Sounds only like, sounds like the Rat Pack in the, the summer of '64 at the Sands. <laughs> we'll be here 26 weeks. That's it. All right. Listen, we got one minute to the break. So what else? Real quick, one minute. And we don't want to put any callers on with only a minute left. I just want to warn people that it's too early to start your tomato seeds. Warning. Yeah, warning. warning. (laughs) People get so excited when March rolls around. It's too early. Wait. Wait to do your tomato seeds. We're we're talking about early to mid-April. All right. Fair enough. Let's take a short break. We'll come back. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd love you to join the program, 866-391-1020. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, as uh, the Janoski Restaurant getting ready for that St. Patrick's Day buffet in a few weeks on the 17th, we're going to give you a chance to get ready to dial in and be the 10th caller to win a $25 gift certificate. That number is 412-922-1020. Right back to the phones we go. Let's say hi to um, Eleanor. She's calling today from Mount Lebanon. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Welcome to KDKA Radio. Um, good morning. I <laughs> thank you for taking my call, and uh, I really enjoy the the program. Um, I have some questions about bringing an uh, gift amaryllis out of dormancy. When do you start watering it? When do you, when do you fertilize it? Yeah. So where are we now with the plant? Oh, I've cut the flowers off, so I'll keep it as an indoor plant and then put it outside in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yep, so then usually when the temperature starts to get down into the 50s at night uh-huh. is when you take it inside and put it in the garage or the basement. And com- Dark place. Yep, completely ignore it. Stop uh-huh. watering it. Let the leaves die back. And you want to let it sit like that for about eight weeks or so, eight, ten weeks, somewhere in there. Okay. And then uh, when that time passes, then you're going to want to... I, I like to actually take them out of the old soil and repot them in fresh potting soil 
But should, Doug, I get a, should I get a larger pot because it bulb might grow inside? Yes, only but only like one inch wider. Like don't go with a really big pot, just a right. slightly larger pot. But Doug doesn't repot his right. out of dormancy. Uh, again, you know, whenever you're dealing with plants, there's always a hundred different ways to do it. <laughs> and if it works for you, it's great. Uh, so w- I'm doing it similar. You know, I'm, I'm pulling them, yeah, end of August, somewhere around there, putting them into dormancy. I'm leaving them most of them in the same pot and then they kind of tell me when they're ready they'll they'll kind of start to pop up from the middle and then i'll start watering them bring them back upstairs uh put them in in the window i got some coming right now actually <laughs> that are... so october to november for example or check them and see or bring them out of dormancy start you know that sounds about right that sounds Pardon? about right yeah okay and just watch the plant itself Sometimes if, if the bulb doesn't have enough energy, and this is about half the time for me at least, it'll just put leaves on again, and so you'll have leaves for a year, and then it'll, it'll get enough energy for the next year where it'll send up blooms. And it's always okay. fun when they, the ones that you keep oh, yeah. start to I'm, send up a bud or two buds. It's, it's exciting. Well, that's why I'm asking you how to handle it. And do you need to fertilize fertilize it either when it's blooming or when it's coming out of dormancy you should start to fertilize it usually when you take it outside or even a couple of weeks in advance of that so let's say april you could start yeah you could start doing a fertilization program with it um i like to use a liquid organic fertilizer um yeah the one that i use actually is from the espoma company it's just called grow that's my my favorite too i love that grow stuff and you just mix it with the water and i do mine probably when i do all my other containers outdoors so it might be maybe every 14 days like every two weeks or something like that Um, and that will help give energy to grow the bigger bulb which will help uh, encourage it to bloom the following season okay so do you fertilize it when it's indoors i don't know you should not fertilize any indoor well almost any indoor or house plants during the winter months you really don't want to begin fertilizing until a period of active growth which is usually around march yeah when i was going to ask you that uh, talk to you about that today as as we the days get longer can start to put a little fertilizer on our house plants i'm going to start feeding them like you said Mid-March. Usually mid-March, yep. And just to give them a little bit of a boost, but yeah. they don't really need it, but it just kind of helps them. It does depend on what kind of potting soil you have them growing in. If there's, if you're using a potting soil that has some type of slow-release fertilizer in there uh, and you repot them, then you don't have to fertilize for almost a year after that. Uh, but or if how it's, big the pot is. That one plant right. that you gave me, the Prince of Orange philodendron, it's yeah. in this giant pot. Yeah. I think it's just going to keep cranking it out and it does it looks good yeah does it yeah, good i wondered it's, about that it's, it's such a great plant yeah, it's looking good such a great plant all right let's say hi to cindy in new york hey cindy welcome to kdk radio how are you cindy cindy yes go ahead oh, okay oh great i'm on i-90 driving actually and there are all these utility trucks heading uh north i'm wondering uh this wind may affect us after all anyway oh, yeah. uh i have a question uh, I have some rather nice, noisy neighbors. Uh, they, their back porch is about t- 24 feet from my bedroom. And I'm wondering whether I ought to put up a fence of wood or plant green giant arborvitae. Yeah. I don't get tons of sun in the space, but I probably get about four hours a day. What would you suggest? Cut the noise. Is it in the middle of the day that you get the sun or in the morning or what time? I get the sun for about two hours in the morning 
and then I get it again for about two hours midday. Ugh. Okay, so I would worry about that amount of sunlight with Arbovita. I would worry that they're they're not going to do well there. Um, just okay. because it's not the best light level. Um, you know, what you you could do is, what I would do maybe in that situation is actually do a stockade fence uh, because uh, I think that's going to be the greatest sound barrier. And then what you could do is on your side of that stockade fence, plant like some uh-huh. nice tall ornamental grasses because those uh-huh. those will be up most of the year. I mean, you do have to cut them down in March, so there'll be a few months right. where you don't have right. that buffer, but that will kind of block right. your view of the fence and will help filter out that noise. Um, the ah. other thing that would do, I'm trying to think of a nice, tall evergreen like that. Well, that I was would do thinking well this would be this would be long term. Would be climbing hydrangea on that wall, mm-hmm. you know, because it lo- loves shade. Oh, climbing. Okay, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a long time. Yeah, it's gonna take five to seven years to, and that's like four or five plants in five gallon containers along the the edge of that fence to cover it. But I tell you what, there's one that I love uh, called Firefly, and it has gold and green uh, foliage. It's not really big on flowers, but that foliage is to die for. Uh, Firefly or Miranda, they're both mm. the same thing, basically. Mm-hmm. But normally, like the green giant Arbovita are a great buffer plant like that to, to block out neighbors or to block out street noise. Um, they're reportedly to be more deer resistant than regular Arbovita. I haven't tested that myself, but that's the report. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't I test wouldn't it myself. But I wouldn't bet on that in my my yard. Yeah, but normally they're great they're for eating, that purpose. If they're eating hemlock and mountain laurel. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. 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 But the fence is always sort of like the surefire thing for blocking out a noisy neighbor or bad views or anything like that. But then you can soften it with some pretty plants. All right, Home and Garden Show, then we're going to go to break. Yeah, just uh, if you'd like to come see me at the Home and Garden Show, just go to everybodygardens.com. You can find out all the information there on what I'm doing, when I'm speaking, and I'm giving away some great tomato seeds called Heart of Italy. It's one of my favorite tomatoes. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun there. Uh, I'm on the Green Thumb stage downstairs, and it's just a, a, a great way to get the season kicked off. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. Don't forget, Joe and Frank, next hour, Fat Tuesday Recipes on the Coons Cooking Hour, KDK Radio. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. So let me ask you as we come back uh, from break, how do you keep all these animals? We were talking during the break. Squirrels, I mean, how do you stop a squirrel? You don't. Uh, Well, you know, and I had trouble with them. last year on my fruit trees you know the apples were starting to get ripe and the the peaches were starting to get nice and big and they were beautiful and then a squirrel got them and took a bite out of every single one it was so it's so frustrating and how do you keep that squirrel out of the tree you know it's do you gotta do you you net it somehow do you i'm still trying to figure i'm trying to figure it out i'm trying to figure out how i'm gonna trap them i don't know what i'm gonna do wait a minute i know I know. I, I know how you could do it, actually, because I, I would do it the bird feeder way. Now, I don't know. Do you have 10 feet around the tree or not? Yeah. Then trim it up from the bottom, put a, a baffle on the bottom, as long as it can't get up that. Yeah, but see, I think that the squirrel could jump from ground level right up into the lowest branches. Well, you'd have to trim it up to 10 feet. Yeah. It can't jump It's higher. not that tall. It's like the tree itself is only 10 feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a dwarf peach. Still... It would be cheap to get some, you know, yeah, uh, duct work, mm-hmm. 
put it around the bottom as high as you could get it and and hope for the best. Yeah. It would be at least an experiment. So try it. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's uh, go right to the phones. Next stop is Beaver, Pennsylvania. Here's Steve. Hey, Steve. Welcome to KDK Radio. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. My question is, my friend had a peach tree planted about five, seven years ago. It's probably 10 to 15 feet tall. Last year, first year, produced a bumper crop. Unfortunately, he didn't live long enough to see it produce. His wife wants the tree gone. I hate to cut the tree down. I would like to do something with it. It's I believe it's too big to transplant. Is there a way that I can cut branches off and try to start some... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, and I'm not sure I have the answer because uh, I don't know enough about that peach tree. If it was a grafted variety, so if it was a peach tree that was grafted onto a different type of rootstock, then if you start those cuttings, they might not be fully hardy here. They might not be disease resistant. They, you know, the when mm. you when you have a grafted fruit tree like that, you have the benefits of two different varieties growing as one. And it was the probability yeah. that it's a grafted tree. I it, mean, with peaches, I don't know. Is, yeah, it could be. It could not be. So. It's hard to say. Is there, when you look at the base of that tree, do you see like a noticeable sort of swollen knob at the very bottom of the tree? Did you ever notice that? Yes. So you do see that? Yes. Okay. So then that's, I would say, a very good chance that that is a grafted peach tree. Um, And so if you start a cutting from it, you might not have a ton of success. That's not to say you shouldn't give it a try. You can try it and see. Um, but, Taking those kind of cuttings, yeah. though, takes some experience. Uh, well, wood cutting like that, yeah, yeah hard wood cutting. Need to do some research on on taking cuttings and when to take the cuttings and and you know how, how, to, root how to root them up and everything. And you're going to want to take seriously. This is an important tree. If you're going to do this, you got to do this right. You're going to have to take a lot of cuttings to hope that a couple root. Okay. Uh, well, that's better than just cutting the whole thing down. I'd like to say something. If you yeah. could, if you were willing to spend the money, they would come and move. You know, you could get a pro to move it. You know, with a big tractor and and all. The hard that. part about that, though, like to realize, is that the average lifespan of a peach tree is about thirteen to sixteen years. So, if you're talking about a tree that's already seven years old, yeah, you got seven more. Do you years. want to go through that expense of moving that peach tree? The other thing that you could do that I might suggest is if there are lots of videos on YouTube on how to graft. And if you would be, be willing to learn how to do it, you can buy peach rootstocks from nurseries, uh, usually online, like like Stark Brothers or um, Rain Tree Farm or uh, like a fruit grower. You can buy a peach rootstock, and you could graft your friend's, you know, a, a a branch from your friend's tree onto that rootstock if you learn how to do it. Okay. You know, so that would be just, you know, you'd have to watch some videos and, and learn how to do that from some folks. But that might be a way to have, you know, a good rate of success with it. Well, thank you very much. You give me a couple options. Love your show. Learn something every week. Thank Thanks you. So good luck to you. Let us know how it works out. Uh, all right. Let's see if we can do this in 30 seconds. That's all we have. Lee in New Kensington. Go ahead, Lee. Uh, what spring care for blueberries and strawberries should I do? Uh, excellent. Uh, this time of year is the best time to prune blueberries. So what I like to do is I like to take the oldest one or two canes, 
all the way back down to the ground on your blueberry bushes, and that will encourage new growth, and I do that every year. Uh, and then strawberries, when the weather starts to warm and they start to emerge, you need to make sure that they're thinned out. Um, you need to make sure that you clean up all the debris and clean up any old berries that are there because they can spread fungal disease. Tall grass is invasive. Real quick, that was a uh, right out of text message. Are they invasive? Tall, tall Some can be. Some can be, depending on the species, yes. Okay, good. Free pruning demonstration today at Sorgo's 1 p.m. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 